Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Episode 47 of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today is the host of, man, I can't even think of, what's the show called? Heart of the Elite. Good Lord, why did my brain, <laughs> I just froze. I mean, I just looked at your uh page this morning and for some reason my brain just froze when trying to think of the name well the host of heart of the elite with tiffany it is all elite tiffany how are you doing today tiffany i am doing okay i'm doing good how are you just fine i just said your name like five times in one sentence which is <laughs> weird it, yeah i would i tend to do that when i introduce the videos i'm like Welcome to a new episode of Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany. It's just like, ah, uh, a little repetitive, so no one will ever forget my name. <laughs> yes, they will not. Uh, that is your brand, Tiffany. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, how are you doing this week? So far, so good. I think I've got a little bit of a cold. Somehow, I think you gave me your cold all the way from Oklahoma, so thank you for that. I did not know you could transmit diseases through the phone. I will be more careful <laughs> about who I talk to. Uh, I don't know. Don't know how that works. But uh, yeah, so this week's been kind of. It's funny, like, not a lot happened this week, but it, like with AEW, one of the big things that they're really, really good at is staying relevant every day. It's like they try to give you something to either talk about, discuss, some type of news every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Even when it doesn't feel like much happened, maybe not a huge, gin ginormous, like, news story broke, but yet there's still always something to talk about. Yeah, I, I was writing the notes, and I was like, oh, that happened this week. Oh, that happened this week. Oh, that, okay, I guess it wasn't a slow week. I thought it was a slow week, and I was just like, once you started writing, once you started writing down the news, the previews of next week and everything like that. I'm like, oh, you always have plenty to talk about. So always 
before we get started, let me remind everyone that this uh, episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. Also, uh, we want to remind you to make sure you are sharing and downloading this fine show on either on the podcast app of your choice on Google. I I actually use the podcast app on Google and on Apple. You know, they have the Apple podcast, but, you know, there's Spreaker and Stitcher and Whatever app you use, make sure you are downloading All Things Elite. And remember, you do have, you can download our show separately or with the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, just uh, in the, on social media, please support us by following at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, at Phoenix NJPW, and then, of course, on the phone, well, call with me today at all Elite Tiffany, all of us are on Twitter. Uh, so, for our followers on Twitter and listeners of the show, I am putting out the announcement here. First, we are running a review contest. Uh, you know, it's basically a review drive. We want to get some reviews for the show so people that don't listen to our show when they're doing their searches and uh, searches and we pop up, they'll have a good idea what they're trying to listen to and what we bring our brand of positivity. So what we would like you to do is there will be our original tweet today with a little video from Tiffany. We would like you to like and retweet the video and then go to whatever podcast app you listen to or just go to the Red Circle site, the link that we put out every week, and we'd like you to leave a review of the show. We prefer it be positive, but if it's negative, hey, we enjoy any type of constructive criticism. Uh, the idea that we suck or blah, 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 or we love AEW too much or AEW shills. Believe me, I do it on purpose. So I don't, and it's not really an insult. So, no, but seriously, we just like any. If you want to say how much you love us or any type of constructive criticism, maybe I talk too much or sound quality or whatever you want to leave, let us know. Uh, that Those three things, the, the retweet, the like, and the review, get you entered into the contest. I will do a drawing, and one lucky person will win two prizes. Not one, but two prizes. One, you will get a $50 gift card from Pro Wrestling Tees. The other one, you will get AEW Revolution on a Bleacher Report Live. So it will be access through Bleacher Report Live. I will not pay your cable bill or whatever other way you do it. It will be through Bleacher Report uh, Live. You'll be able to watch it that way. Uh, we've had a couple winners in the past. So to allow you to catch the pay-per-view of uh, the week. And we will be there live watching the show. So... Uh, You'll get our report from it that week. We will announce this, all of this, uh, the uh, on the Friday before a revolution. So that will be a Friday, February 28th. We will announce the winner on Twitter and all will let you know and get you the information so you can enjoy the show. 
Tiffany actually recorded it. Exciting, right? You like the prizes? Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say keep the reviews positive. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be Floyd and say you could tell us we suck. Just tell us how great we are, please. I, yes. I don't want to read negative stuff. Yeah. There's too much negativity out there. Well, see, that's the whole thing. It's like with me, <laughs> you can put the negative things on there, and I'll just kind of laugh. I, 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 you know, I. I mean, of, I laugh it off. I just don't want to encourage negativity. That's all I'm saying. One of my closest, most respected friends in the world told me our show was too positive, and I was like, "Okay." I'm like, it's not something I aim to change. He's like, I, I was like, so you want us to sit here and be angry about the product that we watch every week? He's like, no. You can't be angry if you're not angry, though. It's genuine positivity, and we're not just making it up. So yeah, that's yeah. silly. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, anyway. Yeah, yes, I, uh, I, I, I laughed. He's like, yeah, I can't listen to it. And I, I get it, and I get it because it is, it is positive. We, we, it's sugary sweet. It's who we are as people. It's it, 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 exactly. That's, all, like, that's you know, what I'm saying. It's yeah. It's just yeah. who we are. So uh, yeah. You if know, I was the bitch, everybody, but that's okay. Yeah. If I was the bitch about everything, I would be fake. That would be me being fake. <laughs> exactly. Because that's not. <laughs> that's how, so true. Yeah. That's how. This is not how we roll. <laughs> yeah. That's not how I see the world. So I hope you all continue on this in our journey of positivity. Uh. When you're covering AEW and you're covering Dynamite, usually every week I like to go through uh, being the elite. I like to go through Road to Road Two shows. I like to do all that. But this week, such a major event, such a polarizing, hot topic event happened that we have to start the show with this because it just it wouldn't make any sense. We're not going to make you wait 30 minutes to talk about the most important thing that happened all week. We're going to start the show off with our heavy hitter. It's the segment that the world is talking about. It's Cody's lashes. I mean, is there anything else we can start the show with, Tiffany? No, I mean, I, I did my Heart of the Elite video, and I ended up doing the entire video about that. I just uh, I couldn't, I don't know, it didn't feel like, any, not that anything, the whole show was amazing, and I said that start to finish, Don, and I always delivers, but there was just a lot to say about that, and it's you and me, so clearly we should be starting it off right away with that, because that yeah. was just absolute, just something to talk about for sure. So so for all of you that didn't listen to The Heart of Leah Tiffany, which you should be, look it up on YouTube, follow the link in, in the show notes, you should be listening to Heart of the Leak every time she puts out a show. It's usually Wednesday, sometimes Wednesday and Friday, right? Always Friday because I always do a review of the of the Dynamite. But um, if I can fit in a preview, I do. But Fridays are usually when I've been putting out videos because then I can talk about everything that AEW related for that week. So. That is perfect. So make sure you're listening to Heart of the Elite. It is a perfect companion show to this show, All Things Elite. You should be listening to them both every week. Uh, so uh, let's Cody segment. Uh, to line it up, there was three things Cody had to do to get his match with MJF. One was he could not touch MJF before a revolution. That means if he attacks MJF in any way, 
he would uh, lose the match at Revolution, and according to MJF, the match would never happen. Number two, well, the second option is he had to fight um, Wardlow in a cage match, and we are aware that cage match is going to happen in Atlanta, August 9th, I mean, uh, February 19th. Where did August come from? February 19th, <laughs> 2020. I'm telling you, when people get on JR for messing up names, I'm like, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I, I'm <laughs> We're like, only human. It's okay. Yeah, as I say, I am 30 years younger than you, and I mess up names all the time. So <laughs> it, it, it's not from being washed up or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, so he has to fight Warlow in a cage. In Atlanta, February 19, 2020. And the third option, which is the one I wish he would have said no to. I mean, I wish he would have. Is he had to take 10 lashes with a belt across the back. And this is the episode that he decided to do it on in Huntsville. Thank God that they did not do this in front of Tiffany in Kansas City. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have even been able to console my good friend when that was happening. So, uh, so we get to it, and he's Cody's got Cody comes out in his full suit, looking only like Cody does, and then he takes everything off, and it's bareback, and MJF has the belt in his hand with his uh, I don't even know what to call bodyguard uh, friend. I'll just call it friend. Or low next to him as it's going down. And Tiffany, I know you've done it on Heart of the Elite, but I would like you to do it for our fans. I'm going to just say go. What are your th- what were your thoughts? Um, well, I'll start with saying that um I totally get where you would say that you wish Cody wouldn't have accepted it, but obviously that's that's just not Cody. He's never going to back down from a fight or quit. Um, so I wasn't surprised he accepted him. Um, obviously I didn't want to see him get lashed with a belt, but as far as like, it, it was almost one of those things where I could have hoped he would counter with something else or just flat out said, I'm not doing that, but you know, whatever. But, but it, deep down, I knew that wasn't happening. Cause that's just not how Cody's heart works. Um, I swear Cody will literally do anything for the sake of storytelling and pro wrestling and that I admire him for it and it scares me at the same time. So uh, this last Wednesday was definitely no exception to that being terrified while watching feeling. Um, I see a lot of people saying how well Cody sold it and I want to remind you that that was legitimately 10 lashes with Cody's own leather belt because MJF told Cody that he didn't want his, his belt touching Cody. It was too good for him. So he had Cody take off his own personal belt and hand it to MJF to use to beat him with. So that just doesn't add to just insult to injury and, and just, you know, just more proof of what a piece of trash MJF is. So, um, yeah, not to say Cody doesn't sell like better than just about anyone, but at the same time, uh, remind you that this was legit. And so he didn't even have to sell. I'm sure he, added to it in his own way but I think most of those I mean probably all of that facial expressions the tears and just his genuine you know response to each lash was was real because that was a you know that was definitely something that happened you saw the picture after and then what Brandy posted the following day 
and his back and his neck is an absolute mess. Um, that being said, I don't think they could have done it better if they tried. I absolutely just thought it was a beautifully done segment, which sounds odd considering that I had to watch my friend get hit with a belt 10 times. But, you know, for, first of all, like I said, I know that Cody would have never backed down from it because that's just not how he is. Um, and it was just done so well because when you first heard it being announced, I think a lot of us were like, so how is this going to happen? How are they going to get Cody out of it? This isn't going to go down. And I think for me, that was such a big thing for AEW to put this out there as the main event and deliver on it. Exactly what they said was going to happen is what happened. And we're so trained not to knock WWE, but as wrestling fans, we're so trained to try to figure out what's going to happen, like instead of what what's advertised, because that's usually what goes down. You know, we, we hear something announced and then we're, you know, we, we don't know what's going to actually happen. People come out, interfere, it ends up in, you know, a big schmoz and end segment. But in this case, that that's not what happened. And I compliment AEW for, um, sorry, I had to take a drink, but for genuinely following through with exactly what they advertised. Um, the ratings definitely reflected that. They went up by 100,000 ratings, um, almost to a million, which is just phenomenal. Um, and that just shows how invested people are in this Cody MJF story. So, I, I thought everything about it just really couldn't have been done better. The fact that, you know, when Cody came down, you know, he definitely was nervous, but was like, let's just do this. Um, at one point, I think it was after the first or second lash, he kind of turned around very abruptly and kind of got an MJF face, didn't touch him, but you could tell that he really wanted to punch him at that point, um, just from the feeling of those first couple lashes. And then, obviously, we know we had people in Cody's, uh, you know, life, his loved ones, one by one come down, uh, not to try and stop him or try and stop MJF, but to encourage him. And, again, that was just such phenomenal and beautiful storytelling. You had Arn, the coach of the Nightmare family, come down, and then you had uh, Dustin come down, Cody's brother. He offered to take the last five lashes, of course, that's what a big brother does, but MJF wasn't about to let that happen. He said, sorry, that's not the way it works. And then we had Matt and Nick come down and just offer love and support to their friend and encourage him. And then when we got to the last slash, you know, one left, Cody is, you know, gripping the bottom rope, just trying to will himself to get up and in just a great amount of pain. His The welts are forming on his back. And then we see Brandy come down. And it was just such a moment, her facial, facial expression. I mean, obviously, that's her husband out there getting beat with a belt. She didn't have to force that. But it was just a beautiful moment. She came down, took his hands, and once again encouraged him to keep going, No, not trying to stop it, just said, I love you. I can't do this for you. You have one more. And that was that last, you know, drive that he needed to get up and take the last one. Um, and then... Of course, everyone came in the ring after to comfort him, and MJF, uh, insult to injury, had to kick Cody in the balls like he did at full gear. And, I mean, it just it was just done so well. I, I compliment them. I can't compliment them enough on just the way it was done because I didn't really know what to expect if it was just going to be a flat-out Cody goes out there and gets beat ten times or, again, like I said, my, my brain is trained to think something is going to happen to stop it. And I, and I'm actually grateful that didn't happen because 
to me, it just kind of shows what we can expect from AEW. They want to tell a good story, and Cody is the best storyteller in pro wrestling, and he it did its job and then some. It was just, you know, if people couldn't love, I don't think, I feel like people couldn't love Cody more if they tried, but somehow he managed to get them to love him more, which is just crazy, and I applaud it. And then um, I also want to point out that a couple of months ago when one of the epic promos that Cody's delivered during this entire thing with MJF is that one of the things Cody had said was um, after the attack of the initial attack of Butcher Blade and Bunny when MJF brought them in was how, you know, he's reached his hand out for people who are typically there to pull him up and they have been preoccupied. Brandy with the Nightmare Collective and then Dustin and the Bucks in a blood feud with the Inner Circle and then on Wednesday, every single one of them came out and reached back and took Cody's hands and willed him through this, uh, you know, terrible thing that happened. So, again, just A-plus storytelling, and I can't say enough how just my, I, respect. I can't think of a word better than respect, but, like, respect times a million for Cody for going out there and just sacrificing his body for the sake of a story and pro wrestling. I don't think anyone in the world loves pro wrestling more than Cody, and I stand by that, and it was just absolutely so well done. I I can't say it enough. Well, uh, you know what? That was you said it very well there. Um, my thought process is, um, you know, I bring this up just just because it's relevant. I have been, you know, in my time when I was a child. I am from Oklahoma. This is kind of, and it's not a southern state, but it's south. South adjacent at times. I've been whipped with a belt, right? There's no way to fake those shots. Except, <laughs> yeah. Especially on bare skin and bare back and the way he's hitting him. And I don't know if you've ever been to, and this is all going together. I don't know if you've ever been to MJF's Twitter and he, uh, he posts a picture of himself after a workout. That dude ain't small, you know? He is a very yeah, he is very put together man. So I can imagine someone with his strength, you know, whipping across the back, you know, whipping myself across the back once. Once would probably be intolerable pain to me. Twice. Twice, you know, oh my God. It's like I couldn't imagine taking eight more of those. I would have walked away. I would have quit. I would have said this is not worth it. Whatever it is, I'll have to catch you out on the street. I, I don't guess I don't need a match to get this done. But that idea. And then after you get through eight, right? MJF's a monster. He, he you know, he, 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 he's a put together guy. Then the guy that makes him look small then grabs the belt and says he gets one shot. Now, I'm guessing one shot from Wardlow, probably about five shots from MJF. You know what I mean? If you're talking about a call. Yeah, the sound of that one was just sickening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This dude, I'd say minimum bench is 400 pounds. Minimum. And he has his belt in his hand, which... You know, it is a clothing accessory, but in his hands, it is a weapon 
You know, it is uh it is something that could hurt and injure anyone. And he slaps them across the and the fact that Cody kept coming back and everybody's like selling, selling, selling. He wasn't selling. That shit just hurt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, sells better than anyone, but he didn't have to sell this. This was, yeah, this this was shit. painful. And he, yeah. yeah, that he didn't have to sell that. He didn't have to sell it. How do you prepare yourself to get whipped? You don't. It just hurts. Yeah. You, you just you like, that's, hey, yeah, that's it's going to hurt. You know, and then it's like that's what he accepted going into this. And it was crazy. And he took all 10. And I know he wasn't going to give up. <laughs> I knew that. But I kept thinking every lash, I think, kept thinking, you know what? I would give up. You know what I mean? And, you know, it, and, you know, he takes another shot and I'm looking and looking around. And then Dustin's like, I'll take the lashes for him. Now, that's love. That is some love right there because I can't think of a lot of people I would do that for or even offer it. You know, I knew MJF wasn't going to let him do it, but the fact that, you know, he offered. <laughs> and then Arn, you know, Coach Arn, the old grizzled coach. It's like, man, you know, you can take this. You can take anything. And then when Brandy came down, I mean, all of it was real, but when Brandy came out, that's kind of like when shit got real, you know. It was like, yeah, definitely. It, it was like, you know. You I don't know, think there was a dry eye watching at that point. Yes, <laughs> Seriously. I, I don't know where the Nightmare Collective thing is going, if it matters. But in this particular case, it was just a wife going out to look at her husband in one of the most painful situations ever. Um, I, I listened to other podcasts before getting to this one because... I like to see what they say because I generally try to try to say something different. <laughs> and they and they, they they brought up that this was about a 20, 15, 20 minute segment. And about the first 12 minutes, the crowd was quiet. And I was like, let me be real. How do you react to a man getting lashed in front of you? I mean, is booing appropriate? You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, it's, it, I didn't it, notice it being quiet. Honestly, I just felt like people were, you know, concerned for the, yeah. you know, one of their favorite wrestlers, and they care about him. And to me, I've kind of felt more of a just they were just rallying behind him. If it was quiet, it was probably just more out of like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. More it, of a shock reaction. I, I will. I will play devil's advocate to a few posts I saw afterwards. It was uncomfortable. It was. It was uncomfortable for me. Of course. It, yes, and they, uh, some people were like, uh, you know, it probably offended some people. But the thing is, and, and and I will say this to the day I die, I will say this when it comes to WWE, AEW, uh, Impact, whoever you want to talk about, you cannot be afraid to offend people. It's just uh, Rich Lada said it, and I read it today. Scared money don't make money. And it's just when it comes down to it, if you try to make a product that doesn't offend anyone or doesn't make anyone uncomfortable, it is a boring product that no one will watch. It's that simple. I don't like you might. This might have been uncomfortable for you. 
It might have offended you for some reason. I even heard some people that were super reaching. And I have to bring this up because, again, <laughs> it's weird to me. that Someone called it racist. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was very confused because apparently uh, there was a, I guess, Ross Berman the fourth on Twitter. I think that's his name. He was, like, talking about, you know, the de- depiction of a Jewish man whipping someone. I was like, wow, you just went way, way, way too far. I was like, you know, I, I, I live in kayfabe. I like to play along because it's fun for me. It, it It is. It really is. I just like to – I don't sit there and watch – like Arrow or Star Wars and like, man, he really couldn't shoot that guy. No, I, I, I play along because that's what makes it fun. And I was just like, but does it, I, I, the question I asked, does anything have to do with this character? And it's like, and it really doesn't. You know what I mean? It was just mm-hmm. a guy that didn't, a guy that was someone's protege that didn't want to be his protege anymore. And it's like, I get really because I, I, you know, I've known myself to get deep into wrestling and try to make storyline way bigger than it is. But when it gets to the point where you're just trying to crap on something, I don't know. I mean, I ask, I ask, what is the point? But I made this point today because this week I got triggered. I don't get triggered. I don't. Everything kind of rolls off my back. But this whole thing with Cody and people getting offended and taking it for something that it wasn't, uh, it got, it, it, it kind of made me snap. (laughs) It was like, so I will, I will reiterate what I said, not read. If you were offended by this, maybe pro wrestling isn't the thing for you. I'm not saying don't watch it. I'm not saying, I mean, there are a bunch of straight lace programs out there if you want straight in-ring product, <coughs> New Japan is definitely a place for you. Uh, you know, you know, I I would say that they it is just straight wrestling if that's what you want. But if you want but even then they do stuff like this. And then, you know, they do I was going to say, yeah, that you can't you, you can't say it won't happen there cuz it's yeah, pro wrestling. They yeah, violence. It people, happens. People get taught it is a show based on violence <laughs> so if this is not what you want to watch i get it i mean i i'm not going to force it when i when i talk to people about aew it is genuine comes from a place of them <laughs> showing interest to me for wrestling and you know they say well i used to watch wwe then it got boring and then i'll talk to them about aew my friends that don't watch wrestling like i know won't watch wrestling i don't bother them about it you know, because that's not something they're interested in. So I don't want, <laughs> I just want people to watch wrestling that want to enjoy it. As I said, if you're actually offended, like whipping shouldn't happen in a fictional world, it's probably not for you because this is a fictional world. This was not a trope about racism. This wasn't a trope about anything. It was about a man who felt he was being held down <coughs> by another man. And he put him in an advantageous situation where he could ask for anything he wants. And he was trying to embarrass him by whipping him 
to the point where he quit. If you saw it as anything more than that, as far as getting angry about it, might not be the product for you. And it sucks for me to say because I'm a very positive person that wants everyone to watch wrestling all the time. It's just, this is pro wrestling. This is the pro wrestling I grew up on. I watch stuff like this with my mom and my dad and my brother. You know what I mean? As a family. Because pro wrestling is violent. And you're going to see violence. But as I as I want to reiterate, and I will say this, and I, I mean this. Wrestling is fun. You can play along. You can not play along. Don't try to make it bigger than it is. Watch it. Don't watch it. I don't care. Just stop trying to ruin it for the people who do. That's all I, I it is my clear thing. I love this segment. I thought the segment was beautiful. It was everything that I it, it beautiful in its violence. It was everything I grew up on, everything that made me go watch wrestling. It was human interaction. It was real. It is in real in real life. You get people that you take on and you try to help and they are ungrateful and they think you're holding them back and they think they can move on faster if you weren't there with them. Some do, some don't, but there's always going to be an altercation. You know, in real life, (laughs) it's either usually verbal or passive aggressive, but in wrestling, no, there's none of that bullshit. It is straightforward. I don't like that you tried to hold me back. I'm going to beat you with this belt. I'm going to beat you so bad that you quit and don't even get the match that you want from me. So basically you would have gotten beaten for no reason. Think about that. That that's what Yeah, was, that's it that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> that Literally was, what happened. Yeah, that that think about that. That was the line. If MJF got to nine and hit him and Cody quit and there's no match. He just took nine lashes for no reason. (laughs) And also, if I could just jump in real quick and tie that into the story even more, because I meant to mention this earlier and I forgot, is when you talk about Cody quitting um, and then at full gear, MJF threw in the towel and quit on Cody's behalf you know, costing Cody the title against Jericho. He didn't win the title, cost him a match, and cost him the the opportunity to ever challenge for the AEW title again. Um, you know, that's also to me such a bigger picture that that this again this long term beautiful storytelling at full gear. Cody was in the walls after having separated ribs and this gash on his his head that he still has a scar from, and. He didn't quit. He never tapped, and he would, you know, and he wouldn't have. But MJF didn't give him that choice. So Cody goes into these ten lashes, knowing, hey, if I can make it through all ten, I get my match. I can finally get revenge on this guy. And and no matter how many times Cody made with every lash, especially like we said that one from Wardlow, which was just that sickening. How how hard it was, and the the sound of that belt against Cody's skin, especially at nine. I mean, it wasn't like that was the first one this is after his back is throbbing already and and on fire and then we we give him this you know this lash from Wardlow um and he didn't quit and it to me it was it kind of was symbolic of full gear like hey 
you you made that decision for me and cost me everything. And now, look, I just made it through 10 lashes. I did not quit. I wouldn't have quit then. I didn't quit now. MJF kept telling him to stay down. Cody didn't stay down. And now he just has to get through the cage match, and he will get that match at Revolution with MJF. Great. Uh, another thing I thought is that pretty much everyone that Cody would have had second him at at uh, Full Gear was came out. So it would have been Dustin or it would have been Dustin or Brandy or if it could have been Arn, it would have been Arn. And they proved, unlike MJF, they would have never quit for Cody. They never tried to yeah. quit for Cody. You know, they that's showed. Also, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> that's huge. They would have never quit for Cody because Cody wouldn't quit. You know, so it was it was one of those things. It was just I, I thought the segment was perfectly done. I know there are people out there that said, hey, it went too long. Okay, that is your prerogative. That's how you see it. I am not going to argue an opinion. I mean, that's what it is. To be arguing how arguing your taste. Some people thought it went on time too long. I, I, unfortunately, I unfortunately have heard that some people, this was their first time watching AEW. I wouldn't have wanted this to be anyone's first show. I would have liked you to, I would have liked you to, you know, get warmed up to what was about to happen, because without the full backstory, you don't understand why this is happening, and this can see unnecessarily violent. But so I can honestly say. But that. again, it's pro wrestling, so. Oh no, absolutely! You should, I, violence. I, you should <laughs> expect violence. Like so, I said, I, I I'm not talking about people that have been watching wrestling for years. I'm saying people that this was like their first show. I would have liked them to right, right. get more of the backstory. I'm not saying I, I don't think anything was wrong with this segment, but it's like one of those things when someone walks in on the middle of your conversation and you're like, okay, you really needed to hear the rest of that conversation. Cause what you oh, was hearing, sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. If you just see Cody definitely. getting beat, it's like you needed to see, you needed to hear all the rest that's happened before this. Cause then it makes sense, at least in the pro wrestling world. So out of context, oh yep, man just got whipped on TV, you know. Eh, no, no, no. But again, it was it was amazing. Uh, I had a friend uh, insinuate that Cody isn't a draw. I'm like, come on, come on. Are you serious? This dude, this dude. I'm not gonna even entertain that. That's such this ridiculous. Dude That's get, the most ridiculous thing I've heard. <laughs> this this dude got whipped for your entertainment, whether you found it entertaining or not. He still did it. And it's just, you know, this could have landed with a thud, but I thought it was perfect. I thought it was time perfect. It showed how sadistic MJF is. It showed how uncaring uh, Wardlow is. And, you know, that last shot that, you know, like six and seven, you know, he he went wham, wham, and hit him twice. I was like, oh, my God, he hit him twice, like back to back. But nine and ten to me were the worst. Uh, you know, nine or from Wardlow and then 10 right across the chest, the front of the chest. Oh, my God. I mean, that's like 10 Walter chops right there. And it's just crazy that he would do this. And like I said, it was it was it was beautiful. And I look forward to how this story continues to go on and it ends whether Cody cuts a promo this week or not, or if he's still with the injuries, 
Uh, we will be at the Go Home Show in Kansas City, and it's just going to be amazing. So I, I think that's all I have to say. Do you have – I mean, I know, like I said, I know you covered it on Heart of the Elite. Do you have anything to add before we continue on with the rest of the show? Because there was more no, show. No, I think – <laughs> I, I know, right? I, good morning, Conan. What? <laughs> Not in the world of Floyd and Disney. But uh, no, I, I think, you know, I, I said, you know, I elaborated here in a different way than I did on Heart of the Elite because I wanted to make sure that um, that I didn't say the same thing. So obviously, you know, I, I have opinions that I can kind of spread between the two shows. So if you watch my Heart of the Elite video or if you haven't yet, I still encourage you to watch it. Um, I just go in depth uh, about Cody kind of more from a friend side of things. But uh, in, in general, just, you know, everything I said here and between the two shows, I, I've said, I said, I, in, the, in my tweets, um, I'm sure a lot of you follow me on Twitter and already know how I feel as well. I like when I can just elaborate on those tweets because there's only so much emotion you can convey in typed words. So it's always better when we can come here and talk or I can make my video. But I, yeah, I, I mean, if the only thing I'll just say once again, and I've said it, I'm a broken record, but I, I don't care because I've been a broken record for almost 13 years, is I just can't say enough how much respect I have for Cody um, and what he did out there and what he always does in the, in the for the sake of pro wrestling and also just uh, what a woman Brandy is because that's her husband out there doing those things. And, uh, you know, I, I've never known a couple both ways who just, um, unconditionally love and support each other, never try to change the other, but instead just constantly support each other and lift each other up. And it's, it's just wonderful. So I, I just can't say enough about them both on uh, how incredible they are. But that's, that's it. I'll, I'll stop there so we can move on to the rest of the show. <laughs> All right. Just to wrap it up, uh, MJF low blowed Cody, then left through the crowd, uh, left through the crowd with Roarlow. Uh, it looks like... Like, at the end, it looked like a fan tried to attack him, which was weird. I will say this. Don't do that. Don't. Just, I mean. Yeah, and I the would, problem uh, with that is uh, <laughs> NJF encourages fans to do that, but he, he needs to probably not do that because people will, and it could get dangerous. Yeah. But, yeah, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. And the last time, for last person I won't look at me angry is Sam. Like, No. Very, yeah, I know. <laughs> very nice guy, but when he puts on that angry face and tells you to move, you move. Yeah, there's no other option. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the last person I want looking at me like that. So, I would suggest that you do not attack the wrestlers, and if you try to attack Cody, you're gonna have someone jumping on you. It's probably gonna be Tiffany, not me, but something's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> well, I would be the one jumping on you, but then since I can't fight to save my life, Floyd would have to come in and try and help protect me. So. Yeah, 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 but, that's, but anyway. All right. Now we're going to go back to the beginning of the show. Uh, it is the February 5th edition of Dynamite Live from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, there was a tribute before the show to wrestlers from uh the continental wrestling i believe they gave a shout out to arn anderson missy hyatt and i forgot the other person do you remember the other person no i don't not off the top of my uh, head no we apologize for that but yeah arn anderson missy hyatt they both got shout outs because they worked with continental 
Uh, so we started off with the match, the number one contender for the AEW Championship, Mister John Moxley, uh, was against Ortiz, a member of Proud and Powerful. Um, the match wasn't much; <laughs> it was, it was, uh, basically interference from Santana. Uh, John Moxley overcame it, and then he gave him a paradigm shift and got the three. After the matches, when business picked up, Santana came in and attacked John Moxley. John Moxley then uh, DDT'd Santana, and then in his pocket, which this means he wrestled the whole match with this thing in his pocket, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. He had took out his keys, took out the keys to the car, and he took the key and jammed it in Santana's eye, and he yelled out, eye for eye at Jericho. Wow. This was pretty violent. Yeah. This is the uh this is the insane side of Mr. uh John Moxley. Uh just to let you know when people, you know, hey, he's so cool, you know. He he does stab people in the eyes with keys if he pisses them off. So, just know he's a very angry dude at times. So, uh they went out, he did that and then Moxley escaped through the ring. Uh, what did you think of this segment in this match? Um, I I thought it was awesome. I, like I said, with the match, I think obviously the match was, is, uh, you know, like you said, it was just, it, it is what it was. We had an interference and things like that, but what happened after was the bigger story, and the uh, when he pulled the keys out, I was just like, oh, so he just got the four keys in his pocket. Okay. Like you said, wrestling the whole match with those in his pocket is pretty hilarious, and um, yeah, the fact that what happened to him was Jericho putting the spike from his jacket in his eye right in front of Jericho as he stands there, you know, helpless on the ramp. He does the same with the key and to, to Santana. And I thought, yeah, I mean, great storytelling. And I just love seeing that side of Moxley because I personally, I, I didn't know Moxley before WWE. So I've only known Dean Ambrose. Of course I have the internet so I can look up and see the side of him that existed prior but I didn't get to witness it. So I'm excited that I'm getting to see just a true side of who John Moxley is through AEW. And I'm just, I'm enjoying every bit of it. He is, uh, that whole innovator of, uh, you know, that whole violence thing and, uh, lunatic fringe, all the things that he played, the good parts of it come out in his AEW character. So, uh, then we got SCU, Versus the best friends. Uh, SCU versus the best friends uh, was up next. Um, just a tag team match. Uh, we find out SCU has a title match against Hangman and Kenny next week. But this is the match, that, you know, before then. Um, okay, so again, basically just a match. Uh, they were going for the strong zero. Uh, Trent was going for the strong zero, but SCU reversed it and hit the uh, Yoshi tonic uh, for the pinfall. Uh, again, this match wasn't about what happened in the ring. It was what happened after. We had the Dark Order storm the ring. They were attacking SCU and the best friends and Orange Cassidy. Uh, Evil Uno offered a mask to Orange, who declined, placing his hand in his pockets. Uh, they attacked Orange Cassidy. Chris Daniels sprinted to the ring. The Dark Order retreated from the ring before uh, Chris Daniels could get his hands on him, leaving Chris Daniels in the ring, begging them to come back and fight him. 
and other people to look at Christopher Daniels and wonder if he has signed up with the Dark Order since they wouldn't attack him. I love this storyline. Now, this is continuing from being the elite. I would, like I said, we're not really going through being the elite, but this segment from being the elite is very important to this. So they're in the locker room on being the elite, and Brandon Cutler's in the locker room with the suitcases. Brandon Cutler, who, you know, they've kind of teased that might be a uh, Dark Order adjacent, leaves the locker room. Uh, the SCU's in the room, and Christopher Daniels gets called in by the Bucks. Uh, SCU or uh, Scorpio and Kazarian find a Dark Order mask in Christopher Daniels' stuff. So, this leads you with a couple questions. This Has Chris Daniels aligned with the Dark Order? Maybe it's Chris Daniels the Exalted One. Or did Brandon Cutler drop something in Christopher Daniels' suitcase? Let's think. Let's find out what all Lee Tiffany thinks about it. What's, what's your thoughts? I'm with you. I love the story. I think the segment on Dynamite was just such a cool moment because uh, the first thing I noticed when Frankie and Scorpio came out was that Christopher Daniels wasn't out there with them. So I couldn't help but be a little bit uh, concerned. Um, I want to say real quick that Orange Cassidy is just a treasure. Um, there were some moments during the match that were just so funny, and he just adds such a great, you know, kind of comic relief, but he's still really talented. And that part where everyone was laid out on the outside of the uh, ring, and then he just lays down with them all casually, that was just so funny. And just those little moments that just provide that bit of laughter, which I think is so important in wrestling if it's done right. Um, so I just want to mention those couple things. But, yeah, the tying in of being the elite to what happened on Dynamite, I love that it's kind of it's being done so well where, you know, you have those suspicions of Brandon Cutler. And then, like Floyd said, you know, it, it could have been, you know, as far as the mask being in CD's bag, was it his or did, you know, Brandon drop it in there? There's those little bit of factors surrounding it that kind of leaves us questioning exactly what's going on here. Um, and the part where Christopher Daniels ran in and they all backed away kind of leads you to think, okay, is he the exalted one or are they just still tr truly trying to, you know, uh, get him to join the Dark Order and they are, you know, maybe really, like maybe the exalted one really wants him in it so they don't want to attack him. I mean, there's just a lot of ways this can go. So I think it's being told really well and I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm just more, I mean, I know we, we saw the exalted one is coming. Can't wait to find out who it is. Um, I, won't, I won't be disappointed at all if it's Christopher Daniels. I think he'd be great at it. Um, but there's a part of me that thinks that's where we uh, we're want we're wanting they want us to believe it's him and it's not gonna be but we'll see but I, I I enjoyed it very much let me tell you I'm gonna quit guessing because it's 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 being done so well that I know it's gonna pay off not many times yeah, I say I that I want to be surprised <laughs> yeah I know it's going to pay off like when you guess when you guess a lot I mean I have no problem with anyone guessing believe me I guess all the time but when you guess a lot, I think it generally comes from a place of, I I just want you to do it right. You almost a fear that it's gonna let you down. Well, mm -hmm. with AEW, I feel like they've bought them a little, you know, bought uh, bought them some uh, respect. 
they bought them to benefit of the doubt. So I, th- I know this is going to work out. I don't think. I know. I know it's going to be a good person. Whoever they decide they do, they're going to explain it right. And I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, a personal pick for the Exalted One would be Brandy. That would just be mm-hmm. awesome. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> awesome. That would be my perfect pick for it. Just because it would piss everyone off. And the fact that the Exalted One, everyone's assuming is a man, and it ended up being a woman. That would be, like, that would blow the roof. I know everyone would hate it. I absolutely do. And, you know, you know the internet people. I'm not talking about the true AEW fans that, you know, just like good story. But, you know, there are people right, out there right. that, that would just say, oh, God, I hate it. And I would love it. I would eat that up. I would, I would kind of become a troll to those people. Just reminding them the greatness that it is Brandy because I think she's I think she's awesome. I've never had a problem with Brandy. I, I you know I, I I don't understand what everyone's problem is with her, but that would be cool. Uh, but I'm that's not a story for another time. Uh, yes, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say that is not a guess. That I, that's who I that's who I think it would cool if it was. But whoever it is, it's gonna be great. I I have a hundred yeah. names. I have a hundred names in my head. Of people like I was going through people that are available, that are soon to be available. And I was just like, dude, calm down. Just enjoy it. Just watch it. Yeah. And <laughs> I want to mention, too, because Matt did a Q&A on his Instagram story. Uh, and one of the questions that someone asked was, is, was Marty um, originally supposed to be the exalted one? And I laughed at that question because do you really think that they're going to plan a story with the payoff being someone who they don't even know is signing with the company, like that, that was just absurd to me because they're not Matt, Nick, you know, Kenny, Cody, Tony Khan, Brandy Rhodes. Like they have a, a phenomenal group of people, and the list goes on and on of who are working on this show, and they know what they're doing, guys. Like they're they're not gonna make that and plan a whole entire story around someone they haven't even signed yet even if it was their friend like give them a little more credit than that um i just laughed when i saw that question and it i had to bring it up because it was relevant to what we're talking about but i just thought that was uh that was kind of uh ridiculous to even ask that but uh, be, going along with it, it, oh, what, what benefit would it serve them to tell you that they did it if they did you know what I mean? Yeah, but they're just yeah. It doesn't true, make I mean, any. It doesn't make. Say, I, I yeah. agree with you. I mean, that they're going to say no, but that yeah. that never happened. Yeah. I guarantee you that was never the case because they're not that. They're not stupid. They're at all. They're not going to plan yeah. a story with the payoff being someone who may or may not sign with the company. So yeah, yeah. That's just silly. Um, but what going with what you were saying, I'm with you. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. I might. I don't. I also think I think with wrestling fans, especially obviously with the internet being a factor, um, kind of going with what you said about guessing, is that, you know, people just want to be right all the time. They want to be like, oh, I called it two months ago. Well, who, who cares? No one cares. Just watch it enjoy it. And that's what I'm going to do. I, I mean, not to say I don't have guesses. Of course you want to talk about what's going on and throw out guesses in a fun way where you're discussing the show and enjoying it. But get over the trying to be right thing, like, because it doesn't, no one cares. Like, but it's fine to guess like Floyd said. But for me, I'm just going to be with Floyd and be like, you know what, uh, what my, my thing I know is it's going to be a great payoff, and I'm going to wait for it to happen, and I'm excited, and I'm just going to enjoy it and, and wait and see what happens. So Yeah, because uh, you know what I noticed? Uh, you know, I, someone asked about Jimmy Havoc not being on TV for several months, and I'm like, oh, 
Jimmy Havoc. And then it's like any name you say, I'm like, oh, you know what? With my head cannon, I can make it make sense. So it's like, why would I just keep doing that to myself? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, Definitely I, agree. Like any name you hear is like, oh, man, that makes sense. You know, it's kind of like they're going to they're gonna do what they do, and it's going to be great. And let's wait. Um, then, uh, so, yeah, the Dark Order left, and then we got Britt Baker versus Yuka Zakazaki. And I actually might have a little bit of an interesting take from my side on this. So they wrestle. Uh, they have not worked together a while, and you can kind of tell from this match. That's about as negative as I'll get is that you can tell they haven't worked together a lot. Uh, Yuka Zakazaki uh, gets the uh, pinfall with a roll-up. And then, like like the trend for the night, then the interesting stuff starts to happen. So, uh, Sakazaki celebrating. Uh, Baker used a steel ring bell, <laughs> which I haven't seen in a very long time, uses the weapon. Uh, and she hits uh, Sakazaki in the back of the head. Uh, she then places Yuka's mouth on the ring ropes and does an old-school curb stomp. Not Seth Rollins' curb stomp. This is like the real streets curb stomp. Uh, she, and uh, so, uh, Yuka was pleading for help, blowing blood pouring out of her mouth. A frightened Yuka looked down, and she has a broken tooth as blood pulled into her hands. Uh, Britt Baker applied the lockjaw, and she had blood on her hands. Literally had blood on her hands. Um... Wow. And I, I'm going to let you go first, and then I'll give my take. No, you go first. I want to hear what you have to say. I don't think this should have happened the same show as the Cody thing. I think, again, I'm all about offending people. I love it. <clears throat> but even though they were two different things in the over-the-top violence type of world that wrestling lives in, I think it was almost too much over the top violence for one show. Cause you know, the whole, the whole image of getting curb stomped on the ropes to the point where a tooth comes out and your mouth's bleeding. And then you have the lockdown. It's just, I think it was too much for one show. Definitely. I would like you to hear if you agree or disagree. I, I don't agree because it's wrestling and it's violent. Um, and Brett's, really driving home the uh, heel turn and with her being the dentist, it makes sense that she's going to, you know, knock your teeth out. And, and I, and it didn't, yeah, I didn't even think of that to be honest with you. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I just didn't even, it didn't even come to my mind. I just, I kind of take in each uh, show or segment separately. They weren't, you know, right after each other. So it didn't even cross my mind that it was too much violence. Um, I just took it more as, you know, we had we had got to see Yuka return to Dynamite. We got a good match. You know, maybe they haven't worked together as much, but it was still a good match. And Britt did her job. You know, you can just see how comfortable she is in this new role. And I just was loving that when she came out. Just her whole, you know, presence and everything is different. Just having this new role, she just owns it so well. And I'm just beyond excited for it. Um, I absolutely love Britt, and I just love seeing her finally find the spot that works for her. You know, it's all just kind of a you know, it takes time to figure out where you belong and, and what you need to be doing. And she's just owning this. And I think the fact that, you know, 
everyone was so excited to see Yuka back, and then that's what happened after the match, and then we got to see Yuka get the win, which, of course, pissed off Britt, and I think she reacted appropriately for her role on the show. So um, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I was not. I did not have a negative opinion about it at all. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, I completely understand where you came from. I was just like, like, it was just a thought that I had. It was a thought that I had that they did it, and then they did the Cody Lashes. And I think of the show as a whole, as I try to think of it as a person that is not tuning in for the first time, but more of a casual fan. And I was just like, I could see them thinking that. And it's just, I, because I, I thought this moment was so good. I, di- I did. And then l- let me let me talk about the moment particularly. I thought the moment was so good. I think Britt Baker is an amazing heel. I said that last uh, week. I've been saying it for months. The first time I saw her, I was like, I think she comes off more of as a heel. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, I was right or anything like that. That's, that's stupid. But I'm saying is she's in a much more natural role. It was just such a big moment, such a big moment. I just think in the end, as a total, I don't want it to be forgotten. And I Yeah, think- well, maybe more. I could see that point that you didn't want it to get lost in there, but I don't think it will. I really don't. But I see that, and I completely agree, because it was a big moment. And, and uh, you know, and, I, and obviously we don't want it to be overshadowed because there was an even bigger moment when this was also really significant so i i definitely see that um i hope it i don't think i i don't think it will be just because i think you know of course on dark and on dynamite we'll probably get a flashback to it and more from brit so i'm i'm gonna just have high hopes that that it will not you know that it'll continue in the story and end up working to her favor but but i i can definitely see what you mean there just in the worry of it being overshadowed or you know in because of the end segment being just so brutal they have a star on their hands, and I wouldn't have said that two months ago with Britt, uh, with her more face role that she was playing. I just didn't think it was connecting with the audience. But this character, God, is, like, amazing. And like I said, again, my original point, well, my original point on the thing was looking at the whole of the show as a casual. I understand wrestling is of course, I even said it. If it's too violent, it might not be for you. It was just it was just these two big shock violence moments. And that was just, it was just I felt like well a little bit more distance between them. It might have been more palatable, but you know, again, that might just be Floyd. I haven't heard any other podcast say that. Uh that's why I that's why I made sure I brought it up cuz if I had heard someone else said it, I probably wouldn't have even said it on the show because I don't like repeating things. But uh, that was it's just how I saw it. But yeah, Britt Baker, she's gonna make a hell of a heel champion when it's time. I I just I want to I want to end on that positive note is that when she wins the title, I will be very very happy for her. When it comes we are to. definitely pro Britt Baker here on yeah. All Things Elite. I am definitely <laughs> pro Britt Baker. Uh, then we get the AEW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page with the Young Bucks. Like the, elite. did you see how on when they are introduced? It said the. Oh elite. yeah, I posted the screenshot of it. <laughs> and then the Elite and Hangman Page. I know someone did. I didn't remember it was you. 
uh, hate the, yeah, elite, I mean. <laughs> the elite and Hangman Page. I was like, what? He said he's not a member of them. Uh, then it was the Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade. Now, I went into this match. I want to be uh, very real. I went into this match thinking, man, the Butcher and the Blade really do need to be on the winning side of one of these matches because they've lost a lot. And it's just like, you know, I know some people are in the wins and losses don't matter, but you start, you stop thinking of someone as a credible threat if they keep losing. You know, it's just the way yeah. it is. I mean, I was a huge Zack Ryder fan and had four shirts. Then he went two years without winning a match, and I was like, I, you know, no matter what, <laughs> you're going to be like, okay, maybe. You know, because you, know, you don't, they lose all the time. So I was like, maybe the yeah. Butcher and Blade need a win here. And I was like, but they're not going to win. They're going up against the Elite. They Fast forward to the end, there was a lot of great spots. I thought this match, again, not the biggest fan of multi-man matches, never have been. I am a fan of how AEW does multi-man matches. They have this ability, and I've, I've, I've said this before, uh, they have this ability to steal, to have an eight-man match Everyone gets their featured spots. Everyone gets their shit in. But it doesn't feel like everybody's just getting their shit in. It feels like a coherent wrestling match. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying when I say that. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times that critics would accuse it of being a spot fest doesn't feel like one when they do it. So yeah. I think it's just booked really well. Yeah, and I, I just think... I mean, it's a very indie style of doing the multi-man match, and I just truly think that's just how they should be because I watch other programs and someone's in the middle of the ring working a chin lock in an eight-man match, and I'm like, wouldn't their friends get in and break up the chin lock in AEW? Yeah, you have to go with logic. Yeah, there's none of that. (laughs) It (laughs) It is go, 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 go until there's a result. Uh, how this match ended is Hangman was in the ring. Uh, Hangman was in in the ring, and Kenny was out. And the only person to tag were the Bucks. Uh, Hangman refused to tag them, and then he paid for it by uh, getting uh, the Lucha Bros's finisher. The uh, what is it? The Pinter Driver or something like that. It's uh, the the package pile driver with the the spike package pile driver, and they pay, pinned Hangman, who does not has not been pinned a lot in the recent, but he would not tag the Bucks in. What did you think about this? Um, you know, I think it just goes along with everything that's been happening um, with Hangman and the Bucks and kind of Kenny in the middle of it. Kenny wasn't a factor at that moment, and it it definitely. This, you know, because of the fact that we have rankings in AEW and they very much do, you know, try to make that point of the wins losses mattering, you know, so for, for Hangman to be so stubborn in his feelings of what's going on with the elite to not tag them and then end up taking the loss, not just for himself, but for Kenny and the Bucks, that I thought that was a, a big part of the story for sure. I mean, and I, yeah, I agree with you as far as the match being great and everything, but the bigger picture. Um, after a great match was that continuing story with the elite. And that, that was definitely a kind of a, a big moment because yeah, he, he didn't just lose the match himself. He was so stubborn that he cost the match to his tag team partner and the bucks. 
Alright. What are we looking at now? Yeah, uh, the whole hangman thing is very interesting. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of the elite, but they still want him to be a part of the elite. And he's going to, unfortunately, probably have to break up with the elite in a violent way. You know? And that's yeah, it's going to be... it. It's definitely, um, you know, not, not to, it's, it's one of those ones with kind of like how when we talked about the Dark Order story where I know the payoff is going to be exceptional, so I'm not overanalyzing it too much other than just driving home that I think the Elite is fine. Um, I don't know if I really believe my own words there, but I just need to keep saying it because it helps me feel better about my favorite, you know, group of all time having problems, so <laughs> the Elite is fine. But, but seriously, um, Hangman Page, this is, the bigger thing is that this is building him to be absolutely at the very top of AEW. And it's a story that's being told so well. I don't, we've talked about it with a few things where when things start happening, you think back to things that have happened kind of like we talked about last week where Floyd mentioned that Brit, um, they constantly talking about her being a dentist and just driving that home. And we knew that somehow that wasn't really going to make the fans you know, love her. If anything, it was going to annoy them. So did they have a plan all along? Probably. Kind of feel the same way with Hangman because it did start off with Hangman being that guy in the title match and this and that and things. And then it things fell apart. And then now we're at the point we are now. And this, I mean, I don't feel like Hangman Page has ever been more over and growing in popularity and just becoming a star more than he ever has than he is right now. And so I just, again, I just kind of, I have feelings on it because it's the elite and I, I love talking about it, but I'm also at that point of just like, oh my gosh, this has, this is going somewhere and I can't wait to see where it goes. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. Absolutely. I, um, Hangman, um, they said he was going to be a big star and they are, they are proving it and adding to it every time they get. And I think this adds to it. Because I don't think he's going to be a heel. I just think he's going to be, like, a badass. They're just... I compare him to Stone Cold. I yeah. can't help it. I, 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 I'm not trying to, like, I know Stone Cold's one of the greatest of all time. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I think Hangman has the potential to be one of the greatest of all time. So please don't misinterpret my words. But I'm just saying in terms of his character, the fact that he's still getting cheered, even though he's kind of going against the Bucks and Kenny, who are the most popular guys. Like, But it's just because he's not... He doesn't have to be a good guy or a bad guy. He's just a badass, and and he's he's a star. I mean, and I'm just so excited to see where it goes. Absolutely, sorry, I was yawning there. Uh, <laughs> You're good. Yeah. All right, then we get another. We get some setup for next week. Tony's in the ring with uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, Pac interrupts. He's standing next to Rio. He says, "This was supposed to be a contract signing, but you left Michael Nakazawa for dead." We'll see if you care about Rio, said Pac. And he says, uh, stop, stop, stop. You've got your match. He gave him the match. He said, I hope you didn't think you'd, I'd put my hands on a woman, Kenny. I'm not a beast, but she is. And then, of course, Nyla comes in, attacks Rio, power bombs her through the table, and then, like, I guess licks her hand and then puts it in front. I don't get that part. I guess that's the beast part. I don't. I was going to ask you to explain that to me. Did you, do you get that? I think it's just the native beast part. Yeah, I just think it's part of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Her. I was like, uh, someone asked me about it. I was like, I, I, 
I mean, I think it's just wrestling. You know, it's just that's yeah, a character. It's just part of a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know more. I was about to say, I don't <laughs> think there's a deeper thing to it. Now, I did, I did say this again. Nitpicking. This is not me being a negative at all. I wouldn't. I because it seems that they are allowing some kind of intergender wrestling. You know, on the show, it was on Dark this week or whatever. I don't like the whole, hey, I'm not a beast because, you know, I won't hit a woman thing. Just, that, you don't that, think that was a knock to Kenny, though? Because that's how I took it. Yeah, see, that's what I like. I didn't know how to take it. So there you go. I didn't even think yeah. of it that way. Yes. Yeah, I just thought it was just, he was, it was a jab to Kenny. Because, so, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because clearly Kenny will do intergender matches. So, yeah. I yeah, I took it as a jab to the guy he, he's feuding with, so... See, this is why this is why we work. So you feel the spot. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about it. As we feed off take, each other. Yes, I didn't think about him taking a shot there. So no, that makes perfect sense. I retract any objection I might have had to him saying that because yeah, it works as a perfect jab. Uh, and then of course building up the beast thing with Nyla. Nyla, all you have to do to get a title shot is powerbomb everyone through tables. Nyla Rose, the Nyla Rose way. I think it only works for Nyla. It doesn't work for everyone. I don't think, I don't think uh, Penelope Ford could just start power bombing people and get a title shot. It's Nyla because well, she's a beast. Nyla is the number one ranked woman too, so yeah, that's it's that not is, just from the table. Yes, yes. She uh, she had a uh, most. She has recent, been on the winning side of things. Most recent victory was against Shanna uh, in a tables match, and that was pretty cool. Uh, this is cool. I thought this match was amazing in uh, DC, and I get to be there live for two, which is so weird because, of course, this that part was not planned. That is, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> They've only wrestled twice, and I'm going to be there for both of them. So that's just, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, Nyla. I mean, again. I, I understand flipping trucks and all that stuff, but to use this in comparison, this is how I feel Braun Strowman should have been booked. Just a freaking monster, you know what I mean? Just beats yeah, up people yeah, for no no reason. Like, like, this is coming from the old WWE fan and me. I'm watching this, and I'm just like, good Lord. It's This is just, it makes so much sense. She's She's bigger than everybody else, and she beats them up. How hard is it? <laughs> you know? It's not really Yeah, I completely it. agree. So, uh, you know I love Nyla. Oh, I yeah, love it. Yeah. It makes sense. It yeah. absolutely makes sense. Yeah, so. she, she she's she she's not a bully. She's a monster. She it, anybody can get this beaten. <laughs> you know, anybody can get it, you know, and it's kind of it works. Uh then we had Super Bad Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford versus Bad Boy Joey Janela up next. Um, I, you know, it was, I almost expected, I thought, I think this is a well thought out storyline and I know by no means think this was the last match in this feud. I feel like this was a good first match and of course Penelope uh, Ford gets the, uh, gets the distraction and Kip Sabian gets the win, uh, rolls up Janela for the victory. Did you have any thoughts on the match in general? Um, 
I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a great match, but I think at that point I was just thinking about Cody so much that I couldn't fully get into it. So I'd like to actually go back and rewatch it because from what, I mean, I watched it, but I think my mind was elsewhere as I watched it, but it was a good match. And I definitely agree. I think this is not the end of their, their feud. I think it's kind of just the beginning. And I think they have a lot of potential to keep going and make some pretty memorable moments and matches and uh, the factor of Penelope. And they're also, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing more from them because they, they both are just, so talented they work really well together and I thought it was a great match it got a lot of time which I thought was cool because you know I like seeing other people showcase on Dynamite other than your top stars and I think that's what's so cool about AEW is kind of everyone feels relevant when you watch them so I enjoyed it uh, very much but like I said I actually want to go back and re-watch it so I can really take it in because they're both so talented and I feel like my mind might have been slightly elsewhere when I watched the live just for the fact that I knew what was coming after with Cody so, but overall, though, from what I did gather, very good. And I just, I agree with you. This isn't the end for them. I think it's just the beginning. So I'm excited to see what we get next between those two. Yes. Uh, this is where I was going to say, uh, <laughs> this is where I would say I kind of got distracted to a point because, it, it, and this is the wrestling fan in me, because I knew this was like the first match. I don't know if I was paying all the way attention. I just, you know. I figured this this is we're in for a longer feud and I don't I just you know I don't think I paid like gave it all the effort that I should have. I mean, I do think Joey Janela and Sabian are very very good. I think the Sabian and Penelope Ford act is amazing. Uh I I do I do think Janela needs a bad girl though. I that's just uh, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even yeah. it out and I hope that happens. Yeah, I really because do. like before I had seen him on the Indies, he was always with Penelope Ford and I thought that act was really really well and I and I felt like Joey Janela as entertaining as he is has been kind of missing something since he you know was in AEW. I think that might be what he's missing, but we'll see. We will and, see. And it makes sense because that's how we've known him prior was with Penelope. And yeah, yeah. it's not a knock to him, but that's how he's been introduced to us in, in up until AEW and then obviously not now. So I, I think that I could see that actually happening because we could obviously maybe have some mixed matches and intergender matches there if if we get a bad girl to go with you know, super bad Kip and Penelope. I hope it happens. I definitely wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I'm not sure who it'll be. So, again, that's one of those let's see what happens and hope, you know, just kind of wait for the payoff. But I could definitely see that being uh, something that gets added to their um, their feud and their story. And I think it would do nothing but help. And also give it would give someone who's maybe lesser used in the women's division, um, you know, an immediate role on the show. So it would be all wins for me, and I would love to see it. I did skip one part I wanted to talk about, and I I know it was, like, really good, and now I can't find it. I just, so I don't know where it came in. Darby Allen's video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's burning, was it, like, I think he was burning, like, uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, I think. The cardboard cutout. Yeah, he was burning them, and... I just thought this was well done. It was one of those things that, you know, of course we're on Twitter the whole time. When that when that video came out, I saw a good 50 tweets 
right after talking about how amazing that Darby Allen video was. Yep. So I, yeah, so I, I did too. It was just an outpouring of, of people talking about him. Yeah, and it's funny. It's kind of cool. He doesn't really have to talk anymore because it kind of wrote the fact that, you know, his throat is injured. So if he just wanted to be a badass and not talk for the next few months, they could do that. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying it. wrestling logic, it makes sense. So I just thought it should yeah, be brought up. Yeah, if you can't up. talk, you take a blowtorch to a cardboard cutout of the people who made you not be able to talk, and it was badass. So yeah, it, Darby it, is just the coolest guy in AEW. <laughs> yes, yes, he really is. It's funny because you're, you're starting to see it, and it's like when we kept saying, oh, it's only been three weeks, it's only been a month, it's only been a month and a half, wait, wait, wait. We, as wrestling, you know, we're telling people, wait, wait, wait. People were like, oh, we don't know what they're doing with Hangman. Now Hangman's looking like he's trending to being one of the biggest stars in the company. People were like, oh, we don't know what they're doing with Britt Baker. Britt Baker's trending <laughs> to be a great star. Oh, they're not making any new stars. Darby Allen is made. He is a star. You know. Oh, Sammy Guevara in yeah. the inner circle. <laughs> What's this Dark Order crap? They debuted. No one's heard of it. Dark Order's a hot story storyline. Sammy Guevara's on TV at least three segments every week. I'm just like, I feel like it's one of those times we can kind of say, I don't mean to say we told you so. But we but told, we told you so. <laughs> like, just it's wait. So true because it's patience. I, I can't say enough how much patience, especially when you have a brand new company. October is not that far ago. I mean, it hasn't been that long. And if you think of where we were then to where we are now, it's just absolutely insane how great the builds, the things that have happened. But again, patience. It just everything. All good things come to those who wait. And especially in a world where you're trying to tell a story. And, again, you have to um, try to retrain your brain, kind of how I talked about with the Cody segment, is to not uh, not think that everything is going to happen from the beginning of the show to the end. This is long-term investment in, in well-thought-out storytelling, which is what pro wrestling has missed for so long. And I'm just so happy we have a show where it's, it's just completely told that way and in, in, in such a great way too with in everything Floyd just mentioned these are all things that have kind of been happening since Dynamite debuted which is wild to think about and that's one of the things I personally have missed the most about pro wrestling and AEW gives that to me in the absolute best of ways and it's wonderful yeah because now you're starting to hear what are they doing with like Joey Janela what are they doing with this I'm like okay aren't you learning your lesson yet Wait, <laughs> wait. I mean, they, they keep paying off. You know, people that Patience, now, guys. yeah, people that say they hate the Dark Order now, I'm like, well, you were going to hate it no matter what because this shit's brilliant right now. It is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, you know, Britt Baker's like exactly what she's supposed to be. Darby Allen. It's just like, dude, everything's trending well, and everybody's like, hey, why did they take the focus off of them at the beginning? This is why they have a roster now. They have a roster of stars instead of the elite and everybody else. So yes, I absolutely. Yes. And apparently it's working because we get the reports the next day. 928,000 people watched the show up quite a bit. Uh, we over that 900,000 mark. 
you know, trying to get to that million. I mean, that's my whole thing. I'm not even reporting the other number. Not no disrespect to them. It just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And we're mm-hmm. a, we're a, a AEW show, so this is about yeah. We're a, not comparing. We're just celebrating yeah, what's going on with, with the AEW. Show that, you know, we're focusing on. Yep, yes, definitely. The numbers are out there. If you want NXT's numbers, they're very public size, but they don't matter. the The point is AEW su- continued success. Because if NXT would have pulled nine hundred twenty nine thousand. This week, I would have been no less happy about the 928 that AEW pulled. Exactly. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's that's the truth yeah. right there. Yeah. So, and when I text, when I actually when I messaged you the the rating, I, I just told you AEW's rating, and that was it. Yeah. So I was excited about it because yeah. that's all that mattered to me. So yeah, that it, it, it no is no comparison needed. Yes. So on to that was AEW for this week. On to the preview of next week in Austin. Again, uh, we've kind of mentioned it before. We got Hangman and Kenny versus SCU for the tag team titles. We then get Rio and Nyla, uh, too, uh, for the women's title. Then we get uh, Moxley and Santana. Did you see any other announcements? Um, I Not for the show, but I wanted to mention, because you didn't mention that, um, that backstage segment with the Inner Circle um, being interviewed, and I thought that was just phenomenal. I loved Chris Jericho. <laughs> I can't remember who did he. Who was, was it? Alex Marvin. I can't remember. He told someone to shut their ass, which was hilarious. And yes. then, um, and then Santana just absolutely delivers this fire promo. I know you don't get to hear much of them on the mic, and it was just so good. I mean, it got real, and he was kind of talking about you don't know what I've been through, and eye for an eye, and this and that. It was just so good and kind of just, I mean, I, if I wasn't already excited for them to have this match, Moxley and Santana, I, that really got me. I was like, dang, that was, that was just power, like not the you know, powerful part of their name, but it was, I mean, his words were powerful and, and deep and it was real. Like it felt real and genuine. And then, um, so that got me super excited, um, with that backstage segment. And then of course, Jericho, I can't remember word for word what he said, but something about, you know, what kind of person jab somebody in the eye, which is exactly what he did to Moxley, and that's just Jericho being the amazing Jericho that he is, to say it with a straight face and and seem dead serious about it. So I just wanted to bring up how that segment really got me really excited for the match uh, coming up in Austin next week. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a show next week, and like I said, we uh, really haven't got all the announcements. I thought I saw MJF match, but I couldn't find it on their Twitter. Uh, okay, I haven't heard that, so we, I might have missed that too. Yeah. And then two, yeah, two title matches—that's huge. Yeah, two title matches—that's huge. Then we just got the announcement this morning that there is going to be a meet and greet before the show. Uh, MJL from Wardlow will be doing the meet and greet. Uh, you know, buyer beware. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And we were just talking about this. Chris Statlander is going to be at the meet and greet. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Dustin Rhodes. We were talking wow, about that's a pretty, pretty yeah. fun, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about the ones that that we thought would be in KC and I was like, I hope Chris Statlander's there and then she gets announced for this week in Austin. So I'll be meeting Chris Statlander on Wednesday. So that that should be pretty Well funny. darn it. Now I don't now I probably won't get to meet her in Kansas City, but that's okay. I'm excited for you. Yeah, hopefully she hey, that's two weeks away. Hopefully she does it again, you know, hopefully. That's true. Never yeah, know. You never know. Uh the the Pre-show meet and greets are amazing there, and 
They definitely draw, so that is good. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, all right. I had clicked off my page. Uh, uh, yesterday, the tickets for Milwaukee and St. Louis went on sale. From what I can tell from Ticketmasters, they both did pretty well. The the Of course, the ringside seats are gone. Most of the hundreds are gone in Milwaukee, some in St. Louis. Um, February day we announced that double or nothing, uh, going back to Vegas, which I thought that was pretty much already said. So I had a, cause I had been playing. Yeah, I think Vegas. they said that already. Yeah. Playing on Vegas, but, uh, it's going to be May 23rd MGM grand again, uh, garden arena. Uh, of course we will be there, uh, cause we are there. That's what we do. Uh, we, we will be there for the show. Uh, but tickets, surprisingly shockingly see i have to say AEW doesn't do everything i like because these tickets are go <coughs> excuse me and me even me trying to say anything bad about AEW <laughs> is rejected by my body and soul uh <laughs> so february 14th tickets gonna sell which is really early <laughs> really 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 early yeah i mean it's I think it's about the same as last year because we just had the anniversary of the ticket announcement party uh, for last year's Double or Nothing. But with, with with having Revolution and things, it, it's, it really seems like we could have waited maybe a little bit until after Revolution to give a little more time. But, but yeah, I, I was surprised by that being so soon when they announced it. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited about the show. Love Double or Nothing last year. Love the venue. Going to be there this year. That's all. I mean, I know I'm going to be there. That's not any doubt in my yeah, mind. Yeah, Floyd and I will be there no matter what. We'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, we will find a way. But it's just, like I said, it's uh, for me, it is revolution. It is mania. And it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm still trying to make sure, you know, I got my stuff now, I for guess this. you do have that mania thing, too. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right, that mania thing. Uh, so, uh, then Voices of Wrestling put out their match of the year list from last year. They have thousands of entries. They generally, you have to have some kind of blog, uh, blog podcast or whatever to be in it. And just to let you know the highest rated AEW match, I'm just going to let you take a guess, Tiffany, which one was it? I, I think I know, uh, Cody versus Dustin. Cody versus <laughs> Dustin was number three. On the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year list, only being beat out by two other matches, which I'm not going to say because I don't care about those matches. No, but Cody, <laughs> could he, this is the highest Cody or Dustin ever finished on the Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year list. And Cody, like, you know, gets shit everywhere. But now I have this as a badge of honor to point at people. Woo, critically acclaimed, critically acclaimed. Yeah, uh, love Cody and Dustin's match. It was amazing being there, but it's even better that the world loved that match, apparently. And then the last piece of news, Kenny Omega is announced for a very rare signing. He will be uh, signing at WrestleCon in Tampa on April the 3rd. He's only doing the Friday signing day. Uh, and you know, uh, I remember they were saying AEW wrestlers can sign in Tampa, but they won't be performing. So that will be your, really your only chance to see Kenny Omega, 
uh, in a formal setting is at that signing at WrestleCon on April 3rd. So get tickets, get your tickets at WrestleCon and uh, get your pictures and whatever with them. I've met him so many times. Like I, I was counting. It's like only like two or three less than Cody. It's like right there. Because, you know, he doesn't do them so often. I always buy it when he does it because he doesn't do a lot of them. So Yeah, definitely. So I always buy it. And I was like, oh, wow, shit, I've met Kenny Omega quite a bit. Yeah, it was it's just one of those things I didn't really notice that I did. But I did I miss any news? I, 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 I You did miss it. some news. I have a couple of things to mention myself. Um, the first thing being that it was announced that in Kansas City we're going to have the match between Kenny Omega and Pac, and it's going to be a 30-minute Ironman match. That has been confirmed for Kansas City on the 26th, Dynamite, which obviously is a show that Floyd and I are attending that's in my hometown. Um, out of curiosity, I went and looked because I had taken a screenshot uh, of the arena and where tickets were at, just kind of seeing how ticket sales were doing for Kansas City. And I did a side-by-side comparison just for my own entertainment. And the announcement of that match, there has been a lot more tickets sold just by having that announcement, which I thought was really cool because the sales in Kansas City are already doing very well. There's a lot of upper level. There's some upper level, not a lot, but some upper level available, but overall really good. So I was really pleased to see that one match announcement for that show has helped just wipe out some more tickets. So that's, That I thought was very cool. So that's going to be in Kansas City. Um, Obviously, we've talked about all the stipulations with Cody, but just a reminder that on the 19th of February, AEW will be coming to State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. And they announced yesterday, which I thought was a huge announcement and really just a great partnership for AEW, just another nod to Brandy Rhodes for as Chief Brand Officer doing amazing things with AEW, partnering them, getting them uh, some great partnerships. Um, they are partnering with the um, American Heart Association beginning yesterday all the way through Valentine's Day. So you have until the 14th to do this. If you're in the Atlanta area and you can make it to Dynamite on the 19th, you can donate $50 or more to the Atlanta branch of the American Heart Association. That donation will get you two free tickets to Dynamite in Atlanta. That's amazing. I mean, that's huge. So do something kind, donate $50 or more to the Atlanta branch, and you can you can literally get two tickets to Dynamite and see the steel cage match between Cody and Wardlow in person. So if you go to AllEliteWrestling.com or AEW on Twitter, they have the links because you want to make sure that you're donating to the Atlanta branch. You'll get a confirmation email, and then you'll forward that email to a specified email address that they have all that information for you on the All Elite Wrestling Twitter page or just com. Make sure you do it right so you get your tickets. But again, a $50 donation gets you two free tickets to Dynamite, and you're helping the worthy cause. It's Heart Month. Um, heart disease kills more people than any other disease, uh, especially women. It's a very worthy cause, and I just absolutely love that AEW is doing this and partnering with them and, and bringing out some uh, an opportunity to donate and do something great. And in return, you get two tickets to Dynamite. So absolutely hats off to them and to Brandy because she is absolutely an amazing chief brand officer continuing to make partnerships and get AEW's name out there in a positive light. And I can't be more proud of the company and Brandy. So definitely if you can 
if you can be there for the show and you want to donate some to a worthy cause, do it and you get two tickets. Yes. Um, and speaking of Kansas City, uh, when you brought that up, uh, me and Tiffany's Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. Uh, yes. Year. Super Bowl <laughs> we 54. We got to bring that up. Super Bowl 54. Even... <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I you know, I wanted to start off with that, but I figured, you know, start off with Cody. With Cody, that was a little bigger picture, yeah, for sure. A, a but, yeah, bigger. we have to bring that up. <laughs> yes, our uh, Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl uh, this year, so I'm imagining some Chiefs will be in the audience uh, for the show. I'll be pretty much rocking my Chiefs shoes and, you know, I'll still be wearing a Cody shirt, but I'll be rocking my cheap shoes if you see me. And it'll be very, <laughs> uh, it'll be very, very exciting. I have been on cloud nine all week. You can ask anybody. Uh, Dan, yeah, it's a great feeling. Great feeling. Uh, I've been a Kansas City Chiefs fan for 26 years. So, and we had never even been to the Super Bowl. So it was a big deal for me. It's like, uh, people talk talk about your passions. I'm very much passionate about wrestling, all forms of professional wrestling. But the, my second passion, which you know you can ask anyone, is football. I love it probably as much as I love wrestling. So uh, that when my team finally pulled off the Super Bowl win, it was a big moment for me. It, it was you know I'm only bringing this up because we are done talking about wrestling. So. Of course, if, if <laughs> we, have, we have to end it on a really, really positive yeah, note. That so there is we go. Really, and it, yeah. it ties into the Kansas City Dynamite. We talked about that. Yes. So it's all good. So that means Dynamite is coming to the home of the twenty, you know, 2019-2020 season, you know, Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I mean, it's all yeah, clearly I'm just saying if AEW wanted to throw a little celebration for the Chiefs winning, I would not get mad. I would not be angry about that. Since it's owned <laughs> – since it's owned by the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I doubt that that happens. <laughs> Probably not happening. But, yeah, yeah. Know, we, but, we're just throwing it out there. Yeah, just throwing it out there. No, but uh, it's it's been it's like I said, it's funny. I was just I was telling Tiffany, you AEW does this amazing job of just staying relevant, and it's like I thought there was no news. Shit, I even missed a piece of news. It's something I even tweeted about early in the week, but there's been so much other news. That I forgot about that. So yeah, I'm very excited about the 30 minute Iron Man match in Kansas City. Iron Man match is my a lot of people don't know is my favorite stipulation in a match. So there you go. There now we know. If you didn't now, know, now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. So <laughs> Tiffany, do you have anything else? I think that the main thing I just wanted to make sure we talked about the. Uh, the American Heart Association partnership, I think that that's just really special. And uh, on a personal note, you know, my mom passed away from a heart attack suddenly back in 2007, so it's even more uh, connected to me. So to see what I love most and as an AEW doing something that kind of relates on a personal level, that's just one more thing that makes me just so proud to support the company. Um, but I'll, I'll, we want to end it on a positive note, so don't, uh, I'm sure Floyd's going to remind you as well, but our contest. You know, don't forget about our contest. You can win a $50 Pro Wrestling Tees gift card. You can watch uh, Revolution on us on VR Live. And all you need to do is like and retweet the specified tweet that's going to have a video from yours truly and leave us a great review 
either on what is it red circle red or Star- the podcast app of your choosing so yeah just make sure you get in on that contest so you can go buy yourself some aew swag and watch revolution on us so yes i was just about to say that but i want to add that i will make sure the link to the american heart association is in our show notes along with the link Thank to you. that's great Heart of the along to the leak of Heart of the Elite, so make sure, uh, make sure you are going and you know donate what you can, even if you're not going to the show. If it's on you on your conscience, something you can afford, that go ahead and throw a donation in there. Make sure you listen yeah, to Heart, Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. I honestly think it's the perfect companion show of, of this show because it's just you know you get more in depth thoughts from Tiffany. And, you know, more in-depth thoughts on the show. Uh, I guess this week was a lot about Cody. I haven't got to listen to it yet, which I do. I usually listen to Tiffany when I'm at work. That's when I listen to her. So so I look forward to everyone checking out. I hope we get a huge turnout for the contest. Who knows if we get enough people, there might be more than one first place prize. We'll see. I just need... I need reviews. I need, you know, need people out there so we can keep track of everything. It it will be so for our reviews. I am willing to give a prize out because this is going to be fun. Me, Tiffany and Amy just love giving out stuff. Love putting smiles on the face. Love being the light and the positivity of AEW and the Elite Universe. So with that from Miss All Elite Tiffany, This is Floyd saying, whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.